Christian text for today is in Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. This letter, as you know, is full of tensions between the Apostle and the Galatians. The Galatians are on the verge of turning to a different gospel. Paul does not refer, the re- refer to the readers as saints, as he usually does in his letters. But in our text, he does give the Galatians an apostolic blessing. And that's our text. In contrast to the earlier scripture reading, which tells of the glory of a coming, perfected creation, this text tells of our deliverance from the present world. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and your kindness to us. I pray that you would enable our preaching and hearing today. I pray that you would nourish us by your word according to your mercy in Christ Jesus. Amen. Objections have been raised to being otherworldly or being heavenly minded. The critical philosopher Ludwig Feuerbach wrote that for the person who believes in an eternal heavenly life, this life loses its value. But the Christian is bound to look to heaven. The reformer Martin Luther defended in his day the present world as God's good creation and with it the ordinary and the bodily. But he also did this while looking beyond this present world. In one of his last letters to his wife, Catherine, he reminds her of Christ's care for him. He said, I have someone stronger to care for me than you and all the angels. So be at peace. Amen. Because of our good God, we must look beyond this world. First, because of Jesus, we must look beyond this world. In the blessing of verses 3 to 5, after mention of the name of Jesus, the apostle briefly describes 
Christ's work on the cross and the aim of that work. Jesus, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. He did this because the Galatians were at the point of denying that work, that work of Christ, by allowing themselves to be circumcised as a condition for life with God. It's a requirement for life with God. The work of Christ on the cross shaped the apostles' understanding of the world. It was outside of Eden. In Romans chapter 5, Paul writes that sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So death spread to all men because all sinned. All were involved in Adam's turning away from God and in its penalty. Corruption and death came to all. Paul thus tells the Galatians of their enslavement when they did not know God. The weakness and worthlessness of the routes to life they were subjected to. The opposition between God and corrupted human nature. The curse that stood against all, Jew and Gentile, who were alike subject to death. But the apostle tells all of this in order to demonstrate the Galatian, to demonstrate to the Galatians the worth of the gracious works of God. God sent forth his son, Galatians 4, 4. Christ redeemed us from the curse by becoming curse for us, Galatians 3, 13. In Christ they are all sons of God through faith, Galatians 3, 26. And because they are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into their hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Through Adam and Christ, the apostle understands this world in its present corrupted form and, its relation, and his relation to it. Through Adam and Christ, the apostle understands the world in its present corrupted form and his relation to it. By the cross of our Lord Jesus, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, Galatians 6. He does not seek in the world or find in the world anything of value comparable to the value of that cross. And part of that value is whose cross it is, the cross of the Lord Jesus. The focus of heaven is the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians 2, 20. Because the Son gave himself for Paul, Paul knows that the Son of God loves him. Thus Paul looks to heaven because of his devotion to Jesus. And so much for my first point, because of Jesus, we must look beyond this world. In the letter to the Galatians, the apostle supplies some uh, non-illustrations of this point. In 
math, there are sometimes examples of something and non-examples of something. So this is a, a non-illustration of the point. Uh, these non-illustrations relate to persecution. The Christians who sought to impose circumcision on the Galatians as a condition for life with God and so to keep peace with Judaism were motivated by fear, Paul says. They didn't want to be persecuted for the cross of Christ. They were captives to their vulnerability to suffering. The courage of Christians in the face of death made a powerful impression on the young Egyptian Athanasius, who was born around the year AD 298. He tells of when boys and young girls who are in Christ look beyond this present life and train themselves to die. He says everyone by nature is afraid of death and of bodily dissolution. The marvel of marvels is that he who is enfolded in the faith of the cross despises this natural fear and for the sake of the cross is no longer cowardly in the face of it. Tippett's mother, Anne, acquainted me with this attitude. I, I asked for permission from Pippet to talk about this. And pardon, some of you have already heard this, so uh, you'll hear it again, I guess. Um, Pippet's mother, Anne, had a, a powerful, had many powerful attachments to this world, especially to the people in it. She labored lovingly in many lives, and especially in the lives of her grandchildren how much she loved. At the end of her short battle with cancer, when some of her children and grandchildren were gathered around her hospital bed for a brief time, she rejoiced before her grandkids in her weakened condition. She said, yay, I'm going to see Jesus. always amazed me. It seems to me that the only way that she was willing to leave, to leave those grandkids who she was so important to, um, was because of Jesus, because of her love for Jesus. The first application I see for us is to follow the apostles' example of viewing this world and our relation to this world from the perspective of Jesus's work on the cross. We can do this without being oblivious to goods and responsibilities of this world and the privileges of this world. When we assess ideas, consider our relationships, go for something, suffer loss, grief, find ourselves frustrated, let us remember the cross of Jesus. The second application that I see for us is to follow Paul's example of devotion to the Son of God, the focus of heaven. Let us be assured of his glory as Son, his love for us, and the riches of him 
in whom all things hold together. Uh, second point, it's because of Jesus, sorry, because of the Spirit, we must look beyond this world. When the Apostle tells of the aim of Christ's self-giving to deliver us in this blessing, to deliver us from this present age, this present evil age, he knows that the, that the Galatians need to work out this deliverance, to act on the basis and power of this deliverance. The apostle summons to action. The apostle summons to action, recognizes the corruption introduced into the children of Adam, a corruption that remains in the Galatians themselves. Paul calls this corruption the flesh, although he has more than body in mind. He warns the Galatians not to use the freedom to which they were called as an opportunity for the flesh. He compares the flesh to a field in which, in which one sows seed. If they sow in the flesh, they will reap a harvest, but the harvest will be corruption. But the apostle directs them in his warnings to the Spirit. God had already supplied the Spirit to them and worked miracles among them. God sent this Spirit, the Spirit of his Son, into their hearts so that he and they cry out, Abba, Father. Through this Spirit they live and have confidence in their standing before God. Paul's call to action is also a call to live by the Spirit. The Spirit is compared to a field in which one sows seed, another field. If you sow in the field of the Spirit, you will reap a harvest, a harvest of life. Sow in the Spirit, not in the flesh, he says. The Spirit is the down payment and the first fruit first fruits of eternal life. If we live by him, let us keep in step with him. The Spirit is wonder-working, producer of life and glory, but also quietly, omnipotently gives what they need now to be moved in faith, hope, and love, and so overcome the resistance of the flesh. So much for my second point. Because of the Spirit, we must look beyond this world. Non-illustrations uh, of this come to mind from my life. Apparently, I have a tendency to lose my eyeglasses in the Atlantic Ocean. The last time I did this, I was at a family reunion in New Jersey, the New, Jer New Jersey shore. During a beach outing, I confidently entered the surf with my glasses and soon found myself confronted with a wave quite a bit taller than I am. The Gulf of Mexico never did this to me. The wave swept my glasses away and left the surf, and I left the surf in a dispirited state. I had done it again for the second time. But Pippet, 
And one of her sisters thought, well, there's still hope. You should pray about it and return to the beach in a couple of hours at low tide. And so they did and found my glasses in fine condition in the sand, these glasses. They showed me an example of faith. I had been stuck in my dispirited state and groundless confidence that the Atlantic Ocean does not return lost items to their owners. I don't think I prayed. That is not living by the Spirit. Samuel Johnson, the 18th century writer and literary critic, prayed for the power of the Spirit. He composed and wrote down a great many prayers. He composed a prayer for Kitty Chambers, his mother's maid, who was grieved with sickness. He wrote a prayer to pray regarding corrupt imaginations, one to pray before any new study, um, a prayer for his study of Greek and Italian, prayers for his birthdays, prayers for New Year's, and many prayers regarding his departed wife. An application that I see is to pray for the Spirit. We need him, the Apostle says. We need his crying, Abba, in us. His moving and leading in our lives as individuals and as a body. We can ask for this. The third point is, because of the Father, we must look beyond this world. The apostle goes on to attribute the work of Christ and the aim of this work to the will of our God and Father. He commissioned this work. The Galatians needed this reminder. Galatians, the Galatians once did not know God, Paul wrote, but were instead enslaved to the idols of polytheistic paganism although they now knew God or were known by God, they were acting as though they wanted to return to their former tyranny. Instead of seeking life with God in Christ, they were seeking it through careful observance of a legal code. The apostle says, you observe days and months and seasons and years, which seems to refer to Sabbath days, new moons, Jewish feasts, and Sabbath and Jubilee years. He does not object to these, these observances in themselves any more than he objects to circumcision in itself. He objects to these things as base, bases for peace with God. He says they are letting themselves be enslaved to things that cannot give peace with God. Paul reminds them that, um, that Paul reminds them that that is not how is not how they learned Christ, as he puts it in the letter to the Ephesians. God 
where God and Father willed and authored redemption in Christ and by the Spirit. He sent his Son to make them sons, not slaves. He sent the Spirit of the Son into their hearts, who cries out with them, Abba, Father. So much for my third point. Because of the Father, we must look beyond this world. Non-illustrations from my life again come to mind. As a college student, I was struck at one point with how much my life course depended on my presumptions about God. I presumed he could not be known. I presumed he could not reasonably be considered just or, or good. But what if he could be known? What if he could make himself known? He is all-powerful, right? What if he were merciful and just, but in a way I didn't understand? If he would make himself known and were really good, then my life was one utterly devoted to buzzing around his world without ever giving care um, to the one who made the world and me. If he would make himself known, and if he is good, I surely should lift my eyes beyond this world. An application I see for us is is to devote ourselves to also knowing the Father. If he sent the Son and the Spirit, he loves us and is infinitely rich in goodness, mercy, power, life, glory, and mystery. Paul's blessing concludes with extolling the everlasting glory of our God and Father. Let us lift up our eyes to him. Our God has purposed to deliver us from this world. The cross of Jesus directs us, directs our trust and our boast outside this world. The Spirit moves us with a power that belongs to heaven and overcomes the resistance of this world. Through the Son and Spirit, we are brought into communion with our God and Father. Eternal life is to know our God in the perfection of his life and works. Therefore, let us look beyond this world to him. Dear Father, thank you for your care for us. We pray that you would enable us to grow in our knowledge of you and in the riches of your grace in Christ. Help us to follow you as your sheep and to praise and glorify you. Amen.